Good morning, Church on the Rock. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Super job with the worship team. I enjoyed that so much. I want you to think back at your last normal work day. I know that it's different now with the COVID-19, but on your last normal work day, what did you do before you left? You know, some of you might have woke up with alarm or some of you might not need an alarm to wake up. Maybe the first thing you did, I know the first thing I do is I'm running to the bathroom. You go to the restroom and then maybe you go in and you look at your Instagram or your emails or you start sitting down and having a cup of coffee or maybe some of you have a routine where you're looking at your Bible. And then there comes a point where we just normally we go in, we grab a shower, we dress. Uh, maybe you come back and put your lunch together. Then we get in our car and we drive the same way each week that we drive to work. And then we get to work and we see that that's somewhat similar. We see the same people, the same surroundings. Maybe some of the similar tasks might be the very same. And you get through your work day and then you're like, man, it's time to go home. Maybe on the whole day on the ride home, you're thinking about that work day. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I drove home and I don't even remember getting home because I'm so into something else. But I did get there safely. And then you get home, you relax a minute, maybe watch the news and get ready for supper. And then it's then it's cleaning up supper. And if you have kids, you're doing kids' homework. You're, you're getting the kids ready for bed. Maybe getting them in the bathtub when your two-year-old escapes and goes down the hallway and you're grabbing them. And then finally you get everybody to bed. Then maybe you have a moment with your wife or your husband. Maybe veg a little bit, watch Netflix. And then maybe you end by looking at your email and then maybe making a move on your spouse, whatever that looks like for you. But most or much of what we do normally isn't a result of a conscious choice or a conscious decision. It's a result of daily habits. I was reading and I was studying and Duke University in 2006, they did a, a survey and they did a test and they said that over 40% of actions that we do every single day are not a result of a decision that we make, but of a habit that we already have in place in our life. So I started thinking about that. If that's true, then habits are so important. And that's why we're in this series. If that's true, then habits can change life and where we're going or, or who we're becoming. And we need to have a strong emphasis and a strong handle upon our habits. In review, we said a couple weeks ago that James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, he said this, that basically people have similar goals. People want to be a good husband. They want to do well in life. They don't want to have debt. So basically people have the same goals, but why do some people have a similar goal, but some people are crunching it? And other people seem to be failing dramatically. He went in and he said that, that the goals that people have don't determine the success, but the systems determine the success. He also said that one of the things is maybe people want results too quick. Another thing he said in his book is that sometimes we've made the wrong conclusion that it doesn't matter about the small or good 
decisions that we make, you know, they just don't matter that much. But in this book, and I think it's real relevant to where we are in this series, he said, you don't rise above the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So when we think about systems or practices or habits, that's what makes us rise and that's what makes us seize or secure who we're wanting to be in Christ. Remember, he ended in his book saying this, that our life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we have made, either good ones or bad ones. And then I also challenge you to remember this, that successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. I want to talk today about a person in the Bible who I think we'll all know, but to me, he was a powerful example of a system. And this guy had one habit that made a huge difference. And who it is, is it's Daniel. And you might enjoy reading the book of Daniel. It's, it's really impressive and it's fun to read. But in that book, when we think of Daniel, most of us know about Daniel in the lion's den. But something to me that is so much more impressive than Daniel in the lion's den was that he was put in a pool of his peers of over 120 top leaders or the best of the best or the greatest of the greatest. And the Bible says this in Daniel 6, 3, it says, Now Daniel, he was so distinguished himself among his administrators and the, and the satraps or high officers by his exceptional qualities. I want you to notice that, by his exceptional qualities, that the king planned, the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And you think about that. What was it about Daniel? Was it his influence? Was it, was it his people skills? Was it a spirit of excellence? Was it because he was committed or devoted? Uh, was he well-disciplined? Had somebody just helped him to, to hone in and become a great leader? What was it that his leader said that I have planned to promote this guy? I'm telling you that God has planned to promote you. And I want to look at what was, the, what was the story? What was the key? What was the answer behind Daniel's success? What did he do that no one saw that led to this result? Well, before I give you the answer to that, I want you to know that when you uh, get to a place where you're going to be promoted or lifted up, a lot of times in this scripture bears out that it breeds jealousy amongst your peers. You know, these other guys in our story in Daniel chapter 6, these other guys, they tried to find weakness and flaws and defects, anything they could to try to disqualify or to bring Daniel down because they were jealous. Uh, the scripture says, then all the administrators and the high officers, they began to search and to look for some grounds or faults in a way that Daniel was ha handling the government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful. He was never negligent. He, the Bible says he was always responsible and completely, think about that, completely trustworthy. And there was no corruption in him. So they concluded our only chance of getting Daniel or finding grounds of accusing this guy will be in the connection with the rules of his religion. 
They had to get to a point where they couldn't find anything in him, the flaw and defect, so they had to make it about God. And they devised a plan. And when they devised a plan, they went in to the king and they uh, told the king, hey, you know what? We think you ought to enforce a law. Enforce a law, and we think you ought to say that anyone that prays the next 30 days to a god or a king is going to be thrown in the lion's den. Well, the king thought that was a pretty good idea, so the king said, yeah, let's do it. So he signed that decree, not knowing what they were doing. And we're about to see, we're about to see the story behind his success. What was his habit? What was his system? What was his practice that led him to the person that he was? The Bible says this, that, but in verse 10 of Daniel 6, it says, When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down. Look at this in your Bible or on your screen. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. He threw open the windows towards Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day just as he had already and always done. And he gave thanks to the Lord. So the key to this guy's success was one small little habit. What did he do? He lived a habit. He lived a system of fellowship and intimacy and time with God. He had one small discipline, and it was called prayer, just as he would always done, just as he always did. But when he did this, this prayer, it gave him an identity of the who that he was. It gave him the confidence that he would be delivered. And then also it gave him the faith that he could stare down a lion. Brothers and sisters, write this down. Never underestimate how God can do something big through one small little bitty habit. I want to say that again. Never underestimate how God can do something so large and so big through one small habit. You know, thinking back, any part of my life or any kind of success that I might have, I know as a result of some small, positive, God-honoring habit that over time it began to change who I am. It changed who I am as a husband. It changed who I am as a dad. It changed who I am as a pastor. It changed who I am as a leader. And while we're doing that one small little thing, we don't realize the big impact that it can have on our, in our life. When you're thinking about habits, personally, I don't do all the habits that I've tried to implement all the time. But I do practice most of them most of the time. And here's what happens as you begin to add them up one year at a time, like compound interest, they begin to grow and it begins to grow. And it seems unnoticeable while you're doing it. But over years, my life becomes the sum total of the decisions that I've made. I'm 52 years old and I've try every year to increase at least one or two habits, whether it's with health or whether it's a, a spiritual habit or a health habit or relational habit. But I try to add something every year that I focus on and I begin to do it all the time to where it becomes a habit. Because I know that as a pastor, 
Like one of the things I know as a pastor that I have to be spiritually strong. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. It just doesn't happen by itself. So I know that that habit, habit of being spiritual, that I have to implement it over years and over days and over, week, and over weeks. And as I keep doing that, it will make the person who I want to be. And that's a strong spiritual leader. And I know you want that too. So one thing that Carmen and I did as a habit is we said, Carmen and I have always said this, we don't go to church. Church isn't somewhere you go to. Church is a habit that we have said that we go and we worship at church. And so we implemented that habit early in our years in marriage. We implemented the habit that if we're going to be spiritual, we got to read the Bible daily. That, that um, I've even been through the Bible uh, at least 10 times. Many, many years I always say, man, I'm going to go through the Bible this year. I've done it many, many times. Or maybe this is one I'm working on now is journaling to where I can journal down a couple of thoughts each day. Another thing to be spiritually strong is I want to pray with Carmen. You know, setting up that habit of praying with your spouse. You know, that's even hard. But then you get into another thing that I've tried to create a habit on is daily confessions where I confess who I am in Christ. And I know that these little habits practiced over years, that sum, that sum total is going to make me the person that I want to be. It could be health. Like right now, I, I, I really am concentrating on health and clean eating, working out 20 minutes. Or I know that to do that, I have to have the habit of eating and the habit of hydration and the habit of motion. And I have to have the habit of exercising two or three times a week. But as I put those habits up, one at a time, little by little, Week after week, month after month, year after year, they begin to add up. And these small changes, which are very small, they begin to change that identity. You know, there's not a single one that I can just put my, that, that's made me a great husband or a good dad or an effective leader or closer to God. But when you put them all together over time, they've reshaped the person that I'm trying to be and the person that I see myself now. A person that's renewed in my mind towards the truth. A person that's changed my body and maybe my, my posture. And maybe my, these habits have helped me where I, I've been able to have more of a spiritual confidence. But when I put them all together, when I put all these little habits that seem insignificant, one and by their self, when I put them all together, I see that they've made a real big difference. How did Daniel... How did Daniel set himself apart? How did he have that confidence? How did he have that strong identity? How did he have that faith to stare down a lion? It started with one small daily habit of seeking the Lord in prayer. Based on who you want to become. Last week we talked about who do you want to become? Not the do's, but who do you want to become? And that's why we're getting into the do's this week. But based on who you want to become, what's one habit? Let's don't try to make this too big. What's one habit that you need to start today? Is it a relational habit? Is it a spiritual habit? 
Is it a physical habit? Is it a health habit? Is it a work habit? It doesn't have to be that big. In fact, I think it's better if it's small because it needs to be something that you can do. It may be as simple as I'm not going to hit the snooze button anymore. I'm going to get up out of bed. It might be I'm going to do my Bible before I do Instagram. It might be I'm just going to get up 15 minutes early and just have a quiet time with the Lord. Maybe someone wants to be someone who cares. Maybe for that, it could be one note of, a, of appreciation that you do every day. Maybe you want to be a person that's organized. You know that, it, that that's where you need to start because you're disorganized. Maybe the first thing you can do, you may think this is crazy, but I always make my bed but what, the first thing I get up in the morning because it organizes my room. And we keep our house in an order. And I know that that daily habit, it flows over in other areas in my life. If you want to be a, a, a godly uh, counselor, a godly example to your teenager, maybe that habit could say, we'll do a Bible plan together. If you want to be a person that's focused, say you're all over the place and your day's gone and you're not focused. You want to be a person of focus. Maybe it could start a habit of just listing every day three things that you're going to accomplish today. Maybe you want to be healthier it could be as simple as eliminate soft drinks. So what we got to know is as we start these habits, they compound. And it's the small things that make us the person that we want to be. I want to give you something. And Braden's going to put up in the screen here in just a minute. But I'm going to talk about how do I create a new habit? How do I create a new habit? You have to create a system. You say, well, I don't have any systems. I don't believe in systems. I don't have any systems. I don't want any systems. Listen, whether you like it or not, you do have systems. And your system might be right now that you're up late yelling at the kids. And your system or lack of system or your habit may be that you're putting on your makeup in the car or you're griping all the way to work or, you, or you, you're just angry before you even get there. I'm going to tell you, you either have a system. You have a system that's by intent or intentional or it's by default. But you do have systems. And I want our systems to be intentional. So... As Braden puts that up, you'll see that there's a habit loop. In the habit loop, you have trigger, you have action, and then you have reward. And that forms a habit loop. Some people say you have it instead of a trigger, it could be a cue. Instead of an action, it could be a, it could be a routine or a response. And then you have a reward for that action or that cue or that response. Think about it, even with a cell phone. Even with a cell phone, when cell phones first came out and we needed to learn how to text, we didn't just do that as a habit and do it unconsciously. At first, it would vibrate or there would be a cue to where you knew that you had a text message or you knew that you had an email. And then you had to fiddle around on your phone at first and, and you had a response or an action to that cue. And then at first texting was hard and it was different and, and you had to think about what you were doing. But then you had the reward of being socially accepted or you had the reward of being socially connected or, or the ability to communicate and, and be involved in people's life and you liked how that made you feel. Okay, it started with a cue and then a response and then an action and then practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced 
over a week into a month, now it gets to sometimes you feel your cell phone go off before it even has went off. And you're not thinking about how you're writing, and you're not thinking about the reward. So every one of us, there's cue, there's routine, and then there's reward. When we're doing this, when you're setting up a habit, listen to me, brothers and sisters, this is so important. When you're setting up a habit, it has to be, write this down, the first thing is make it obvious. Think about, think about this. When we go to the grocery store and we're, we're walking up and down the aisles, we tend to buy what's obvious, what, what we can see, what's obvious, and what's easy. And most of the time in the grocery store, it may not be the best decision or the best choices, but we, we do what's obvious, we do what's easy. If you want to change what you do, then the first thing you have to do is change what you see. If you want to change what you do, it has to be obvious. It ha there has to be a cue. You have to change what you see. There the cue or the trigger, it has to be so obvious. Like say you want to take vitamins. Don't leave the vitamins in the drawer. <coughs> Put the vitamins out on the counter one night before. If you want to read your Bible before you go to bed, put your Bible on your pillow. If you want to write a note daily and, and journal in your, in your Bible, put that note or put that notepad where you can see it. Make it obvious. Make it where you can see it. And then the second thing is make it an easy routine. Make it an easy routine. To be honest with you, today with it raining and stuff, it was kind of a, a yucky day and a gloomy day and a cloudy day. And, and I didn't get up with, all the, uh, with a whole bunch of motivation to go pray. Like yesterday, I was like, man, I can't wait to go pray. I can go outside and walk. The sun's shining. Um, it's warm. I can get outside. And so prayer was like easy yesterday. But, but with prayer... I remember in Bible college when I said, man, I want to have the habit of prayer. I, I said, I'm going to pray two hours a day and I'm going to do it at 4 a.m. I did that about two months because it wasn't easy. Make it simple. Make it I'm going to spend 15. I'm going to spend five minutes with the Lord. And that way, if you have a day that you don't feel good or you don't or you do feel lazy and you are unmotivated, You've got a habit that you can do. It doesn't matter how you feel. Make it easy. I think to establish habits, they have to be easy. And then what you can do is, is if you say, I'm going to pray five minutes a day. Well, in the day that you're not feeling good, the five minutes is easy. But take the day you're feeling good. Like writing sermons, me and my wife have this cue, this, this, this um, saying between us. I said, Carmen, the juices are flowing today. Hey, sometimes the juices are flowing and I may spend a couple hours with the Lord, but make that routine easy, something that you can accomplish. Maybe it's holding the hand of your, your spouse. Maybe it's journaling one sentence. When I started journaling, I'm like, I have to fill the whole page. I failed at that. Make it where you journal one sentence. In fact, I took the scripture that says that we're to rise up in the morning and give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Well, write one sentence journaling about that. And then at night, it says to lay down in your bed and it says to think about the faithfulness of the Lord. Journal one sentence about faithfulness. But that's something that I can 
do each day. It's easy enough I can do. But then there are some days that I'm journaling five or six pages. So just do it like that. Something that I do as a cue, a, a cue that I, that I do is when, when I get up, I'm, the first thing I do is I eat and then I hydrate because I try to drink 80 ounces of water each day. Okay, well, this sounds kind of crazy, but when you drink water, you got to go to the bathroom. You know what a cue is? When I go to the bathroom, what I do, because I want motion, I want activity in my health, because I know that if I'm not careful, I'm sitting all day. When I go to the bathroom, that's my cue. And then my response is this. I do, I do, I do, I do five squats. I do five squats, and then I get down on the floor, and I do five push-ups. If you go to the washroom 10, or 10 times a day, you've done 50 push-ups, and you've done 50 squats. So you're moving into the health that you want. So I want you to see that it's the small daily habits of things that you can do. And even with the push-ups and the squats, you know, on a bad day, five's a lot. On a bad day, five's a lot on push-ups and squats. But on good days, I may do 20. I may do 20. So you're, you're, you're having the reward of succeeding. You know, a lot of people think that they're lacking in motivation, but they're really not. They're lacking in systems. A lot of people say, I'm not reaching my goal. Not reaching your goal, it's not a goal problem. It's a system problem. Our goals are not completely useless. They're not useless. Goals are for setting a direction, but systems are for making process. As we begin this week and we're starting to create systems, I want you to name a cue and then an action. In other words, I will do blank after I blank. Daniel said, I will pray after I eat. So eating was a cue that he prayed and he ate three times a day. So he prayed three times a day. After I get up for breakfast, I read the Bible. I pray. I declare after declarations. I shower. I dress. I pray with Carmen. I kiss her and I say I love her. But there's different ways that we can have these little cues, responses, and rewards. Maybe it's after I have my coffee. I read my Bible for you. Maybe it's after I put my kids to bed. I'll spend a moment with my wife to build that relationship. Maybe it's after I brush my teeth. I'm going to journal one sentence. Never underestimate how God can do something big through one consistent, continual, small ha habit. I want to close with this scripture that says, Do not despise small beginnings. Do not despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see that the work is just beginning. God bless you.